This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too. So they're ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Jackson's there, Billy did. The goal, Chris Billy Huddersfield Town. The most famous goal of Chris Billy's life. Is this the moment for Lee Fowler? It is. Take your place in Division 2. Oi. Thank you. Rupian Steve Simonson's boots now. He's missed. Steve Simonson clears the frame of the goal and collapses in a heap of tears. Huddersfield Town are promoted. Stephen Schindler. A chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend. And he takes that chance! Oh, we do like to be beside the seaside. Oh, we do like to be beside the sea. That is, of course, unless you're a Huddersfield Town fan. Hello and welcome to the Andy Takes That Chance podcast. This weekend, 1,600 hardy souls made the pilgrimage down to the Pilgrims and saw Huddersfield Town lose 3-1 to newly promoted Plymouth Argyle. We'll analyse the game and look into the stories and talking points around the club and introduce a couple of new features for the new season as well. On account of his social media activity, the Ginger Ogre, or Ginger Salman Rushdie as he is now known in some circles, has had to go into hiding after an altercation with Town's new owner Kevin Nagel. So in his stead, you've got myself, Matt Shaw, as host alongside TTC stalwart Richard Kozikosmala. And joining us this week as a special guest, we have BBC West Yorkshire Sport co-expert, summariser and chair of the Mark Fotheringham fan club. It's Matt Glennon. How are we doing, guys? Good evening. Not too bad. Just about recovered. Good to see you, Matt. Good to see you. It's been a while, hasn't it, on one of these? Right, so um, this this podcast is sponsored by the lovely Magic Rock Brewing again this season. The sun will be out momentarily, I'm sure, on Saturday. So get yourselves down to Magic Rock before the Leicester game and enjoy some liquid refreshment. If you get hooked and want to order some more online for home, then use our code of AHTTC10 for 10% off all online orders. And we'll see you there on Saturday. Thursday, Thursday, never mind Saturday, mate. Thursday, oh, that's, yeah, I've, got, I've got that queued up for later. He's wrecked my agenda already with his first yeah. first yeah. things. Get drunk on Thursday and Saturday. Come on. <laughs> exactly. Just just book a hotel there. Why not? <laughs> so let's let's look at the match then. So Plymouth Argyle 3, Huddersfield Town 1. I might be being a touch controversial here to some people, but I actually thought on the whole we played quite well. Um, it was just a lack of quality really in the final third, which did for us. Um However, Mr. Glennon, uh, from the Premier League down to the Heavy Woolen Gate Sunday Alliance League, you'll hear the away players saying in unison every week, keep it tight, first 10, 15, don't do anything silly. And here we go, six minutes into the new season, we're 1-0 down. <laughs> yeah, it, it wasn't great, but I think people need to remember as well, there was an absolute gale blowing into Lee Nichols' face. It was very, very 
tough to defend uh, at, at the weekend. There was, yeah. You should have seen my hair, mate. Right? I'm not my giving, hair. I'm not, what? <laughs> my hair was all over the place. No, you'd, have, you'd, you'd have had a good time at that. Yeah, <laughs> flapping all over the place. Yeah. yeah, it was it was a bit tricky. So it was always me backs against the wall uh, in the in the first half. I just thought decision making was poor. But like you, I thought they actually had some good moments in the game, and I thought there was some there was some really good points. I didn't expect to be talking about defending today. If I'm being honest, I expected to talk about creativity up from lack of pace, maybe in the side. I didn't expect to be talking about the, the mainstays in the team that maybe could have done, well, not maybe, should have done better for the goal. So, yeah, six minutes in, Lee Nichols, Hellick decide uh, they're going to be gentlemen and leave it for each other, which obviously wasn't the, the right thing to do. And, yeah, you won nil down. But after that, they got themselves back into it in the 150th minute of the first half and they managed to, uh, and they managed to get level again. And then, obviously, second half, it, it all went wrong. Cosy, um, the throwing—it's not the best initial clearance, is it? By uh, Roman Edmonds Green Nichols. I was—I was behind the goal, and Nichols shouts for it, which is why Hellick kind of wobbles underneath it. Or, or there's a shout from Lee Nichols. I'm not hundred percent sure. Can you confirm sure that, please? Have you he definitely shouts. Junior? He you definitely. I know. Junior I know. Under, I'm a member. I'm a member. I'll, I'll, I'll have to ask Lee Nichols himself. I'll have a stewards' inquiry yeah. as to what he shouted. But he did shout and make a step forward, which I think threw uh, Mikhail Hellick a little bit and. And you can't blame Lee Nichols because of the wind. Mate, I'm 5'10", playing in goal. Wind is the worst. It's the absolute worst. It's the worst thing possible. So you sometimes stay at home safe. Uh, and then it's just it's just a mess, isn't it? And Morgan Whitaker scores the best worst goal of his career. Welcome back to the Championship, Cosy. That's not, yeah, the, not just, the greatest, is it? Yeah. <laughs> you'll keep the crowd quiet. Obviously, we're bouncing down there. First time back up for 11 years. In there. And uh, yeah, I think the thing frustrating thing me there were so many opportunities to cut it out I, I i really dislike i've said it so many times over the years i dislike people getting cheap cut you know like i like people to have to work their ass off to get a crossing or to cut in you know and it was just so easy but even then there were two or three other times you know stop it was really weird that i i kind of thought as he slipped nickels there but it was kind of weird like almost like a jelly licks like grobola back in 1984 <laughs> and he just like stood there but yeah and one for you matt really here and that if the ball goes in the goal as a goalkeeper, are you to ask, but, or is it, is it totally different when it's as a calamity as that? Does that hit you doubly as hard? Because I always think if someone smashes it in 25, 30 yards, you're thinking fair play as a, as a player, but something like that, that could have been cleared a few times and bad decisions. Does, does that hurt you even more as, as a keeper or a defensive unit than, than just a normal goal or, or is just a goal a goal in your eyes? Well, when you, know, when you know you could have influenced it, when you know you could have done more either with, Telling your defenders or yourself, yeah, you get smashed 25 yards, it's still a nightmare because you always think you can get to it. You always think it's there to be saved no matter how it, it flies or thunderbolts into the corner. But what Matt's saying there, I think he, he could have called because the wind has taken it. He, he thinks he's going to go, then suddenly he thinks, I'm not going to get there. So he stays at home and there's just a lot of indecision uh, in that six-yard box. They shouldn't be, though. The problem is they shouldn't have been indecision. The senior plays in there. But your initial question, yes, it hurts a lot more when you know you could have done more with it and you know it's not right. So it's, it's you know what I mean, it's, it's tough for him, it's tough for Hellick, but you've got to get on with it and you can't let it affect you, which it, it seemed to do in the second half because people are a bit tentative. Mm. Not, not, I mean, it's, I know it's cliche stuff and there'll be a, not a Neil Warnock type team oh, giving away that. And I think, I think the half-time it'd be interesting to hear what he said, but it's like, uh, just... Oh, you just stay strong, but 
everything but really that as well. And obviously, you two guys were in the stadium. The place must, the roof must have come off there and there. And and that, and that was a weird thing after that goal. I'm thinking, no, oh, okay, this is, could be a difficult afternoon. But it was really strange. They didn't really kick on, and we kind of were winning the arm wrestle really without kind of. Oh, yeah, without being over the top, yeah, over yeah. the top. But I thought yeah. it was almost like they stopped thinking. Oh, maybe it's not going to be as easy as we think. But yeah, what a gift that a score was, nightmare. I know. I when, thought we were on the better side. But yeah, sorry, when Helix scores, sorry, when Helix scores, obviously I think it was fifty. What fifty first minute? Obviously we got the new rules that have come in now, which I think I'm on board with. I'm not. I'm not quite sure. I'm sure we can discuss it at a later date. But uh, I thought no, it's comfortable. Second half, I thought yeah, the most likely. I think I said it about three times on the radio. Most likely to go on and win this now is, is Huddersfield Town. They look comfortable. They're getting space. I thought down the right-hand side, they were working really well together. Down the left-hand side, Ruffles working well with Coroma. Not over the top, like Cosy just said. It wasn't like, oh my God, this is a, a, a battering from Huddersfield Town on Plymouth. But it just looked... It looked like, yeah, it looked Yeah, it looked comfortable. And then, obviously, you know what I mean? I know it's not December, but Christmas presents were chucked out very early on in the season. And wow, I've never seen a team back off so much in my life, Edmund's green. He could have been in the sea. He backed off that far. I thought, you've got, you've got to engage. Somebody's got to go and engage. You can't get turned inside out like that. So moving on to that that second goal, it was, you watch it. And I looked at Ogin, and Ogin looked at me, then I looked at Louis, and I thought, has something happened? Has the whistle blown? But he's carried on playing and everyone stopped. Because it, yeah. it, looked, it looked weird. It didn't look right. I've seen it about five times today because they keep showing it everywhere. And you're thinking, the opportunities to stop that lad even if you tear him down 25 yards out, were there and they didn't take him. I'll, I'll come hey, back to that. Um, I just want to touch on, on some of the chances that we had at the end of the first yeah. half because Town, I thought Town were not by far the better side, but comfortably the better team. And Jack Radoni misses the header. Danny Ward has a chance where it comes across and he, he has to side foot in and misses the ball. Josh Caroma should score at the far post from Zorba Thomas's cross. You know, you'd put money on Josh Caroma to hit the target. Um, and uh, and then Town's, Town's goal, obviously, you have to give credit to Brahima Diara there because he skips really well away from the centre-back, doesn't he? And yeah. it's the post and Helic puts it in. But going into that second half as well, I, again, I thought Town were the better team. And it was without creating masses of opportunity. There's a lot of crosses coming in, a lot of yeah, yeah. a lot of delivery and the keeper dealt with things very well. And then obviously he delays on the ball and almost gives Diara a gift. And that's perhaps the frustrating thing about Diara where you see he's such a great talent but you, just saw it, yeah. you see in the yeah. first half, he hits the post and there he has that snapshot, whereas he just needs to roll it to Radoni and Radoni is rolling, rolling it into an open net. And that's the point, where I think, where the game kind of slips away from us. But that goal is just, I think maybe this comes down to Warnock's man-marking system because you see where people are on the pitch. Uh, Sauber Thomas gets, to me, fair, he's getting absolutely ravaged online, isn't he, Sauber Thomas, for this. And I think it's a little bit over the top. It's, it is over the top, yeah. He should he should pull his man down. Yes, okay. Um, but he, he can't, he's, running, he's running into traffic, though, Matt. He's running into traffic. Well, he, he should be, but the down. traffic's not he there, should. is it? Exactly. The, tra- the Google traffic Maps, just Google opens Maps up. says it's not there. Yeah. yeah, it was like the opposite of the M1 on Friday afternoon. You know, it was. It was. There was. There's so much more that could happen before Thomas. I thought Thomas did all right on Saturday. I was quite happy with him actually. Yeah, I did. Yeah, on, I did. on Saturday. But defenders are there to defend. You know what I mean? The defenders running at you. Somebody's got to go and engage. It happened a couple of times. I think Mighty Pearson going off had a bit of a bigger effect than we think as well. Yeah, definitely. Uh, to be fair, when Edmund Green went back into central defence, I don't quite think it works with him playing in a two uh, with with anyone. To tell you the truth, in there, I'm not quite sure he's up to 
that position in the championship against Pace. I just think Thomas, yes, could have done something, but so much more could have been done after they've run past him. It's, it was crazy. It's weird. it's weird because Tom Edwards is the man stood inside and he just kind of watches Mumba run past him, doesn't he? And um, remind him as green, like you say, he's 10 yards deeper than the rest of the back line. And, and, it's just, and he took a shoulder as well. All round, isn't it? It's just yeah. everyone's, yeah. Every, everything's just a mess. And it just looks like it's the man-marking system because Rodoni goes out to the flank to follow his man. Edwards is a little unsure where he's supposed to be because he's covering for Rodoni. And then Roman Edmonds Green, I'm not sure. Well, Matt, this I, way I've never made decision. Back, so I'm not sure what he's trying to do, but it's yeah, I want to stick up for him, but I, I don't think I can. No, you can't, no. But the, this, the thing is, as a professional footballer, you have to decide, right, do I stick to team rules or I can see the danger now? I can spot the danger. Ruffles did it a couple of times in the second half, I think it was, where he stepped away and he's gone and done some decent clearances because he's gone... I'm going to have to leave my man because there's too much danger in front of me. And the one who's going to score is the man in the 18-yard box who's running towards the goal with the ball. He's the danger, man. Not the geezer enough, not anyone else. And you have to make a split-second decision. Right, I know what the gaff wants me to do, but he's going to score. I've got to go and engage him. I've got to go and affect this chance that's being created right now. And unfortunately, they didn't spot the danger. And we saw what happened. Two bad goals, Cozzy, eh? Shocking, mate, but... The thing that you know, always as a town fan, I was saying when I'm watching it, says all the evidence points to another show win here, but you know what's going to happen. They're going to have a moment, and he's just gifts in that as well. I think I think the one thing that worries me this season, Matt, is the pace. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously they spent uh, some good money that down there as well, but that so Kessler, Aidan, Randall, and, and Mumba, they were uh, they were so quick and and just that, that Hardy, will get for his goal. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it would embarrassing really just that the slowness of us it looked like almost like a Premier League kind of non-league cup tie you know we see some of those highlights as well and yeah it, you've got to say fair play Mumba some of the reaction over the top of the play was like, water goal and I suppose you would do get a bit carried away but yeah if you score maybe, that, I'm, yeah, yeah, maybe like I've got my town blue and white glasses on but to me it was awful and, and well, I think, uh, going to the question yeah. if you you look at the starting 11 who's got your raw pace in that 11 Diara, yeah. maybe. Diara, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's yeah. it. That, that's it, yeah. You know what I mean? You go to the bench. Yeah. You go to the bench. Oh, you know, you've got some good players on there. Kane Harris quick, but not Mumba quick. Not You're not no, talking, wow. No. Oh. You know what I mean? Open the gates, he's coming. It, I, there, is, there is definitely, if the, if the lone player's going to be coming in, I mean, we might get into this later on, but there's got to be some pace put into that team because at times it did look a little bit pedestrian. Although... They did, play, they did play well in, yeah. in large the thing portion. Is still, Matt, it's like them tight games and level pegging, 20 minutes to go. Something like that's going to win you a game, mate, and we haven't yeah. got that. And that, that does worry me a little bit, especially now we've got, you know, we've got eight outfield subs on the bench. It's, honestly, I know I bigged him up the last couple of weeks, but Pat Jones is, I think it could be huge for us. But he was great when he came on, I thought it was yeah, really good. Yeah, 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 really good. Mm. But yeah, no fair play. And, and it was one of those we were really wanting with for that second. And then all of a sudden, bang, the, the, the third goes in and, yeah, the job's done, but it's uh, yeah. I can't, I can't. It sounds bad. This, but I kind of thought we didn't. We lost to not a very good team, to be honest with you. And yeah, give them I the, the leg up. Yeah. I thought if, if, yeah, if they'd have kicked on when they were one up, I thought come on, but they never did. And it's almost like mm. they paid a lot of respect to Neil Warnock. But I just thought we're a bad, bad one to lose. I know it's the first game, newly promoted team. You could have argued, you know, against it. But I just, I, I predicted a one all before the game, and it probably should have been really. But you know, they, it was well, a, their, their keeper was all oh, over the place. They yeah. should have recognised that as well. He was absolutely all over the place. He made a couple of decent saves, but he should have been absolutely gone out. There should have been shots flying in, closing every single back pass down because 
They gave Diara the ball back. He was trying to be clever. You could see he was a little bit nervy on the day this Hazard we're talking about here. And I just thought, you can see him. You can see him shriveling. You can see him struggling. Get at him. You know what I mean? Put him under some put him under some pressure. Get some shots at him. When you can see someone's game struggling like that, you've got to go at him. He, he, his kicking was very indifferent in that, in that second half against the wind as well. And I just thought, again, that recognising, like I went back to a minute ago with the defending, recognise the danger, recognise when someone's not having a good day and get after them. Yeah, but mm. again, Matt, and it goes back to, we ain't got a striker in May through the door and, and that could have been a different Saturday and we ain't got that ball playing eight ten and, and that as well. And I think that hurt us on Saturday, to be honest, mate. Madoni's got a lot of work to do. I, don't I thought, he, I thought he was our best player in May. Yeah, but he's not. But not not doing what he needs to do though. If you if you watch him as a, a full ninety, he's supposed to be a goal scoring midfielder. Obviously, the old fifty p head incident when he's right in the six yard box and he manages to put it ten yards wide. But for me, he should be creating more chances and he should be getting more shots off. He's an yeah. attacking midfielder with goals. Apparently, he got two last year at the back end. I think he's got to do more. Yeah, well, I, do, I do as well. I don't want him as deep as that, though, to be yeah. honest. But I, I don't like the the blending our midfield. I, I really don't. I mentioned this on our right. preview show last week. I just don't I don't like our midfield. For, for me, it's our midfield, which is our weakest area, not up front. Because uh, I, I quite like Danny Ward. Um, yeah. You know, he works hard. He's, he's a decent player. But our midfield just doesn't have anyone who can dictate. I know you probably don't need it under in a Neil Warwick team as much. But you've got David Kasumu, who's, who, yeah. you know, who's got good legs on him. I like David Kasumu. Um, gets up and down really well, but you've got no one who can sit on the ball and you know and, and pick pick little angles. And we've not really had anyone like that for a long time. And for me, that was sadly lacking. Uh, Radoni's not that player. He should be where Diara is for me, and you know doing doing things higher up the pitch. But I think it is what it is at the minute, isn't it? And we've just got to you know let the club get on with it and you know get people in. And hopefully, um, it looks a little bit different in a couple of weeks. And that killer third goal, Neil Warnock says it's offside. I'll be honest, I'm, I'm not entirely convinced. You can't really tell on, on the video. I thought the referee was pretty poor, to be honest. Diara got wiped out three or four times during the game and yeah. didn't get anything, but uh, you can't blame that result on anything the referee's done. I, th- I think even if they don't get that third, I think they still beat us 2-1. It was just one of those games, wasn't it? Once they got that second, that was it. It, it was mentioned that we didn't mention the offside enough during the commentary. Someone did say that to us, <laughs> but I didn't see it. I, I didn't see it. I saw someone on the t- on the half turn, great ball through, and he's gone there. The linesman's perfectly in line. It wasn't. I don't think it was a hard decision. Uh, I'd, I would like to see it back and see on the video if it, if it looks like he's offside. But for me, you've just given a man all the time in the world and all the space in the world for an, an easy through ball. He takes it well. He finishes well. Karoma loses it as well. It's the Karoma lost it very easily as well in the build up to that yeah. as well, which is probably a Matt, little bit disappointing. But would you have made any changes off the bench? It seems to me. I, I get it's not the greatest bench. Division Scott, but again we went. Let's go goals behind and let's link yeah, it on. But yeah, I, I would have changed it as well, mate. But yeah. Harrett should have come on earlier. To be honest, I thought that was one that yeah. I thought was. I thought the game was yeah. crying out for Keen Harrett after about sixty-five minutes or so. I thought. Yeah, I'd say so. I want to see him tomorrow night start as well. To be fair, but yeah, I, I thought there should have been changes because with with that that strong win they had against them, they needed to get some pace and get some directness on the pitch. I'd have got Edley on there. Edley for me. and Pat Jones would have done that. Edley. Yeah, I'd have got him down the flank, mate. Yeah. Someone just, yeah. yeah. But imagine, me, almost, imagine huddling in that with that swirling wind. You know, they'd have been panicking, wouldn't they? Like crazy. Yeah, man, his confidence yeah. is up, isn't it? Why not, mate? But yeah, I just. Yeah. I, but, I won't like question Neil one To be fair, myself. No, two in two and three minutes, it just killed. If it had been one, then maybe. But that's it. Yeah, it made you think. Like 
three one. How did that happen? You were in a bit of a daze, but it, yeah. Yeah, when they scored that second, I was just like, "Where's that come from?" It's come yeah, from that's that's why, it? I thought Plymouth were were poor. To be honest, I didn't really think much of them. I, I thought they were a bit nervous with the first game up, but I liked the number eleven. Actually, I think it was Callum Wright, the one with the haircut. Well, in you've the got to look how much how much work did Nichols have to do in the second half. You know what I mean? Not apart from the two goals. He's not made saves. He had a lot of kicking to do, a lot of back passes because they were closing down quite well. And apart from that, he's not really anything to do. So that's a, a scope of how much did it actually hurt them apart from the, the two partings of the sea. Yeah, it's a shame. But we shouldn't be surprised at Town losing uh, again on the opening day. Uh, since 2011, Huddersfield Town have won two, drawn two, lost nine. And we've not won a game on the opening day of the season since 2010 without David Wagner as manager. So anybody who expected Huddersfield Town to win should really have looked at the the script. We don't we don't win on the opening day of the season. It just doesn't happen unless David Wagner's the manager. All that pre-season optimism, we like to so douse is that, that fire. Well? No, it's Leicester. Plymouth? It's the first uh, it's the first home game, game at Huddersfield. Right. Yeah, so Leicester yeah. City to win the league, put your money on that for right. absolute Bank, yeah. fire. So You've, you've heard from us, so what we'll do is uh, one of our newer features, I'm going to try and keep up to this throughout the season, we've got an opposition view. So uh, this is from the green end. This is uh, Aaron from Argyle Life. Hello, Aaron here. Uh, Argyle fan that jumped on your preview pod um, on Friday, been asked to provide a review. So the preview and the review double, I'm honoured. Um, yeah, how'd it go? It was... It was much better for us than for you, I can imagine. Um, it's uh, It was a good test to our first, uh, to our life back in the championship, shall we say. Um, I think if it wasn't for the brilliance of Barley Mumba and Morgan Whitaker, I would have said that we were pretty even. I would have, um, think I was erring towards wanting to take a point or uh, happy to take a point, shall we say on uh, half time I think you grew into the first half pretty well um, and actually I think I changed my mind slightly on Huddersfield and I get that everybody um, isn't 100% yet and I could see that in some of your um, play same as ours really um, I can see that you um, will grow into the season quite well and I you know, under Warnock, if he stays, I think you'll be fine. But back to the game itself, like I said, um, I think if it wasn't for Barley Mumba, who just absolutely tore past uh, five of your men before finishing with a plum, um, I think you, you could have got a point out of that. Um, I would, was very surprised that, that none of yours put a foot in. Um, I think if it was me... I would want somebody to take a yellow there and just take him down and just slow that progress slightly. Um, I think the the new rules about time management, um, yeah, I mean, they worked in your favour in the first half, right? The, the 45 plus six. Um, but I think actually over the course of a season, that could be to your detriment, um, you know, with, with, with the defensive... Um, mindset of, of Warnock but apart from that um, yeah I think it was a good solid test first game back in the championship can't imagine we'll be in the third come uh, come what may but yeah, yeah I, I, again as I, as I keep saying good solid test 
for us. Um, good to bed back into the championship with a nice win at home park. I hope you all um, enjoyed your trip to Plymouth and uh, managed to get down to the Barbican. Barbican, like I suggested. Um, the weather wasn't wasn't the best, but it was all right in the end. Uh, a bit windy, obviously, um, as you found out through the first goal. But yeah, well, we... You, I think you gifted us that one. We nearly gifted you one um, with our keeper's distribution. Uh, his first start um, for Argyle. And yeah, I think he's divided the fan base somewhat with his um, playing ability. But, you know, two fine reflex saves. I think Josh Caroma should have had one, um, put it into the side netting. And I think that would have changed the game as well. But all in all, good game. All round, I'm not as concerned for Huddersfield as I was. And I think um, you, you might be fine because um, QPR look awful. But that's everything for me. And yeah, good luck for the rest of the season. Cheers. Okay, so thanks a lot to Aaron. So we'll try and do that more throughout the season uh, as it goes on as well. So uh, Brady uh, was on the button on Twitter as well, uh, on social media. He's, he's upped his Twitter game as Brady this this year. Um, yeah, he's, he's definitely topped mine. Mine's really slack at the minute. But he uh, he posted out just after the full-time whistle to try and get some reaction from town fans as well. So I'll I'll, I'll read some out. So one of the uh, things that town fans wanted from us um, in terms of the podcast was to get more voices and different opinions. So we're going to try and do that. So if you guys want to fly in here, uh, you can do at any point. Uh, Bryony uh, said we was shocked at Huddersfield Town having 48% possession. If Huddersfield Town have had 48% <laughs> possession, then obviously we've had a decent game because we don't delay on the ball much, do we? So, yeah, that's uh, an interesting one. Uh, Mick Orwin says, another relegation struggle unless we get a midfielder and a centre-forward in quickly. <laughs> Martin Hoyland just succinctly put shit. Um, Scott Hamilton. Scott Hamilton. There's a shot. <laughs> Scott Hamilton said they played the conditions far better than us. I think I disagree with Scott on that. I thought we played it better <coughs> than Plymouth. It's just we made those errors, didn't we? We made that individual, individual mistakes. But I thought over the ninety minutes, we we the balls on the floor with God. Yeah, yeah. I thought we were a better aerial team than Plymouth, but we probably, like you say, Matt, we probably didn't use it to our maximum advantage. I think there's a couple of Thomas Corners wished, you know, wished across and. They look quite yeah. threatening, but probably not enough for that. Uh, Stuart Kent says, come on, man, it's the first game of the season. New owner, and I can guarantee a shed load to sort out behind the scenes. So trust that they will get it sorted. It's a long old season. Get behind them. I don't think we said anything <coughs> otherwise, Stuart, but we no, <laughs> get, the, no. get the sentiment. Uh, ben Arundel says, first and second goals were very soft to concede. Multiple players at fault for each. Heads went for the third, by which point the game was gone. Plymouth didn't outplay us. However, they took their chances. If Diara scored... At one-one, when the keeper fumbled, it's a different story. And I think Ben's probably just said there, in a couple of lines, what we've just said in twenty minutes. So well done, Ben. Uh, Colorado Terrier says a clear and pointed sign that the team needs investment. And if there's really good people in the back room, uh, then start showing it with needed signings. Uh, Terrier, Day, Terrier Dave says problem is obvious from that graphic. We had far too much possession. Didn't know what we had. Didn't know what to do with the ball, and we had it too much. Uh, Bob Holness didn't think it was great. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna read out exactly what Bob said, but he's uh, he's having a crafty one. Is Bob? Well, so uh, Andrew said. Regminator says uh, indefensively shocking defending, um, and then it's pretty much a load of expletives from uh, Dean Ball uh, and a couple of others. Uh, Mike Michael Amigas says quality players finish chances. We have no quality. 
Uh, Will Briley Hill says, utter, you know what, six hours for nothing. I'm paraphrasing. So this is what happens when you when you ask the question, is it direct after the full-time whistle? You get it full and raw. And I'm sure, yeah. you know, we've had a couple of days to calm down after this. And I'm sure people will probably reflect and think, do you know what? The performance wasn't that bad, but yeah, quality-wise, we're probably just lacking at the minute. But um, we'll move on. Uh, and we'll, what we'll do now is we'll take a little break and then we'll come back in a moment. Cosy, what, what's your favourite away day? Matt, it's got to be the city ground at Nottingham. Just old school stadium, you're right near the pitch, great atmosphere. But there's nothing like playing at home. Same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay, so I've got a couple of discussion points for uh, this week, guys. So uh, the first discussion point really is around... Uh, signings and the one that we made which is Tom Edwards um, I felt on the day that Tom Edwards actually did quite well uh, you know I quite liked him I know Bali Mumba was absolute live wire wasn't he so he was very difficult to to contain for all of us or all, all, everyone there um, but I can't, I think when you can't you know my, my feeling on the day was that he did quite well his support play was pretty good he got up and down really well he put um, a couple of decent crosses in. He's made two key passes, two tackles, one interception, 13 long balls with six accurate. But he does, he does hit a good diagonal ball, which we saw against Heronveen. He lacks a little bit of pace, but I don't know if that's just match fitness uh, coming in, you know, with, with him not playing so much uh, the Stoke and that injury at Barnsley last season. But I quite liked him. And then I watched the highlights back in, on goal one and two, and I was like, uh. but yeah. I think overall, overall, my gut feeling on the day was he did quite well, Matt. And, I, I, think, I, I didn't mind what I saw, to be honest. Yeah, just slightly going on what you just said there. I think we can say that about everyone. Everyone did all right. And then you watch the goals back and you go, Ugh. but yeah, I <laughs> yeah. agree. I, th- I think he looks a nice footballer. He's got a good range of passing. Uh, we've talked about that as, uh, before. Like there's not enough, not enough quality sometimes coming in those long ball areas, getting it into good areas nice and quick. You're right. He's not the quickest in the world. Uh, he, he tried to do an overlap, didn't quite get there. But yeah, I think as a defender and as someone who does actually get involved up front, puts crosses in, he's got the long throw, obviously, as well, that'll get used, I'm sure, throughout the season. But he looks a, a solid footballer. As the games go on, I'd like to see him play tomorrow night as well, get some more matches or play some part in the game tomorrow night, get him as fit as possible and see what kind of player they have actually signed. What do you reckon, Carlos? You, you've seen yeah, him a couple not, of times, haven't you? Yeah, just steady away, mate. Not the sexiest signing, I don't think, ever, but it's. Uh, yeah, it, I don't think he'll. Uh, he's a very Warnock player, isn't he? Yeah, I find it interesting that he's just like alone till the end of the, the season, really. So, is what are Stoke saying? Are they kind of like, oh, what are us should say? Can they not afford him? Are Stoke thinking he might get him out for next season? It's a bit of a bit of a strange one to me for him to do that. But yeah, I didn't see much wrong. Again, just like a lot of our backline, mate, not blessed with pace, really. But yeah, I think he'll he'll be an asset, really. But I think just the market was shopping in and. Confusing messages about FFP or you know constraints or what have you. These are the types of uh, guys that you know we like. But yeah, like we said last week, Stoke fans, see you later. We're glad we got rid of him. Barnsley fans, he were brilliant for us. So yeah, but no, I, I thought he could have done better. I, again, I, I don't like people getting cheap, easy crosses in from the sidelines. But he's only going to improve in it though, and that as well. So I think mm. that that's the main thing. But yeah, nice easy game against uh, Leicester Saturday. I'm sure it'll be fine. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
Yeah, I think that that's pretty much it, isn't it, for for Tom Edwards? We're flying through the podcast today. Um, the the second sort of discussion point I've got is on Kevin Nagel and Kevin Nagel's uh, social media activity. Um, he's he's tweeting. I I to be honest find him a bit of a breath of fresh air on on Twitter. He's not afraid to get into it with people, as Poz found out. Um, I quite like the guy. Um, I thought the answer he gave about getting his wallet out was incredibly good, you know, in terms of communication. Yeah. I thought that was a fantastic tweet. And that's that's the kind of thing football fans want to see, isn't it? They want to see there's a little bit of defiance in there. There's uh, clarity. There's facts. I thought that was a great tweet. And I thought that's probably one of the best I've seen from, from a Huddersfield town end. It, it I do. And he set an expectation level as well, which I liked. I do worry that him sometimes getting into it with other fans can lead to a pile-on. So, for example... Yeah. Him and Pozza, uh, I thought Pozza raised some concerns. Whether you agree with them or not, that's, that's by the by. There was a joke that was maybe lost in translation about the bare knuckle thing, which was which was a joke. Uh, and the to and fro was fine, but what I didn't like is it doesn't need a white knight syndrome of people coming in to abuse Pozza. I thought that was completely out of order from some town fans to come in and, you know, it's not on. Debate him, tell him he's wrong, great, call him names, no, grow up. Um, and the same goes the other way with Kevin Nagel. Don't ruin a good thing and keep the conversation cordial as well. Don't start tweeting him and calling him names. Don't be that person. Um, as it is at the minute, it's fine. You know, it's cordial. It's good. Um, don't ruin it, please, I think is what... Uh, is let's, let's, let's not forget this is social media. You know what yep. I mean? You're talking, there's a lot of numpties on there, as, as we all know. I haven't got a clue. But I'm still living in the mum's basement. So it's there's, there's a lot of that, as well as the people like ourselves... <laughs> who will have a debate, who will talk about it sensibly, you've got all the idiots that that, that can. And you know what I mean? I'm, I'm surprised they even know how to download Twitter. But it's it's good at the minute. I don't want him oversharing, though, because he doesn't have to overshare. I don't want to know everything. Because you know what? A lot of it won't be good. So I don't want to know every single thing that's happening at the club. It's good that he shares, come out, be open about certain things. But I think, you know, when, you, when you're a fan or when you're talking about it, certain things have to be kept inside the club I, I think as well and don't get in arguments with fans because you won't win because they'll keep going and going and going no matter what you say there'll always be an answer for them as well so yeah you can start the debate you can enjoy it for a little while but know when to put that put the uh, put the phone down and say yeah that's me done for the night thanks everyone for thanks everyone for coming go on Carson. Yeah, yeah I think this is going to be an interesting one because obviously the guy's not going to be in the country that many times. So I think he's going to want to keep feel like he's keeping his finger on the pulse and a connection with the fans. So I think you're going to expect a lot of this. And obviously football in America seems to be a little bit kind of different. And it, the Sacramento people said they loved the interaction Ooh, with, you know, careful. Kevin Nagel as well. But I just, yeah, I, it's exhausting for me. It's up to him how he wants to use his social media. No one tells me how I should use mine. So why should we tell him how to use his? But yeah. I must admit, I get a bit exhausted every game. Though, you know, if we win, people well done, Kevin. If we lose, get stuck into him. Is is this what's going to be a soap opera every other game? And and as as well, and it just ex- it gets me kind of a bit ex- exhausted, really. And well, but then, but obviously, it's good to have interaction. Part of me wonders if that account will still be active in uh, December. But you know, <laughs> if we lose, if we get knocked out by Middlesbrough tomorrow again, it's gonna yeah, people are gonna be piling in. Then you know, it's but to be fair, he's he's pretty says. He's a kind of a big guy and he's... He's up for he's a scrap, isn't he? I admire that. Yeah. yeah. No, but I, I like that. Yeah, I don't mind that. But what I say is, just know when to say, right, I'm done for the night. That's <laughs> it. Because you, it, it gets to a point where it becomes nonsense and the argument just becomes forgotten about and you don't know why you started it. 
That's what I'm saying. Get out there, put your facts out there, have a bit of debate with the couple of them if you want. But no, like you talk about the pylons and things like that. Yeah. Realize when that's coming and go. Thanks everyone. Good night. I'll see. You. I'll see you in the next game. So it's 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 good and it's great and it it, it gives us something to talk more to talk about and it's interesting. But I, I wouldn't want to I wouldn't want to see too much of it because I say that that percentage of uh, you mean know, numbskulls on there it, it it can make it quite a tricky place. Yeah. The thing is though, the championship's a brutal beast, isn't it? it and, is, yeah. uh, this guy is learning on the job and. Full of enthusiasm, but learning on the job. This isn't League Two and messing about. This is big business. We're playing Leicester on Saturday, eighteen million pound signings. You know, expectations massive, and it is unfortunately he's going to learn from mistakes. You just hope, obviously, you know, with Cartwright in there and Leicester extent, maybe Edwards, who's not again. He's pretty young. To this. this is the problem, really. We've got a management team who, I suppose, Cartwright a bit different, but we've got like a management team who are really learning. Most of it are learning the trade out how clubs run, and this is like championship football. It's going to be, yeah, it's just going to be a big learning curve. And obviously, yeah. the, it, it, it worried me a little bit with what Warnock was kind of saying in the press conference on, on Thursday about sounds like we've had knockbacks galore, you know, from people. Why is that? And the thing I'm really confused with again, hopefully on Thursday night down at Magic Rock, it might be answered this, but we heard it's about FFP, then it's saying today it's. No, it's kind oh, of the been wrong. It's that. like, uh, yeah, and uh, is it? Uh, I'm just worried we're going to be getting players in. We're going to be a tough. So we ain't going to pay a great, but a lot of people probably won't want to work under Neil Warnock. So it's, I'm a bit concerned with that stuff. I'm being honest with you, mate. It does a. Um, it's done. I haven't had a chance to listen to it properly. I listened to the first half of it, and then uh, I went to pick up my five year old and had him rambling on about WWE wrestling all the way back. Uh, so I didn't quite hear. The second, but he has done a um, a thirty minute podcast with uh, Stephen Chicken, which is worth everyone's time. It's very good. Uh, Stephen does a great job as he always does on it. Um, and the first half of it is is really good. And Stephen asks the right questions as you would expect him to do, and he gives a little bit of clarity on the financial situation. There's a Mike Fothering in one for you, Matt, uh, on the financial <laughs> situation, and and he mentions that it's not strictly down to. He doesn't mention FFP, but the business plan. So. There's a new independent financial regulator that she's sort of milling around the football league at the minute. And I, if anyone's interested, I can. Uh, it's on the EFL website yeah, with with an explanation uh, how it's an independent regulator that they're trying to help to bring FFP, you know, people's finances in in order. And uh, what you have to do is before every season, you have to submit a business plan with uh, your expenditure and what you do to ex- what you do to spend, what you do to lose, etc., and stick rigidly to that. Um, for how can the you first... do that? How can you do that when someone comes in buys one of your plays for ten million quid? Uh, well, apparently there's enough wiggle room then to use that ten million to do whatever you want. But no, I don't know um, who that is. Personally. I don't know who that ten million is, by the way. But yeah, that was no, uh, not not for us. Yeah, we're not screen on Saturday. No, but this business plan is what uh, is what they've submitted. Um, it's not clear whether it's the one that was submitted by. Uh, whether it was submitted when they did the takeover, but it, it seems to be that the business plan can be adjusted after the as as it is you expect after the window's closed um, for the January window, so that they can be a little bit more um, a little bit more sort of uh, trying to find the right word there, but they can spend more money essentially is where I'm going in January. But for the August uh, for the rest of August, they're probably a little bit 
tight around the belt. But it's a, it, like I say, if no one's listened to it, go listen to it on Utopia Terry. It's a really good little interview. Uh, and he does mention there that it's due to the business plan submitted, not strictly financial fair play, which I didn't think it was because Town have only lost a couple of million quid last year. And before that, it was a, you know, it was a, um, a well, uh, they made two and a half million, didn't they? So um, we've paid on that August bonfire, haven't we? <laughs> yeah, so I think this yeah. might be tricky, but I, I, I would still expect a couple of people to leave. Uh, Jordan Rhodes, maybe just by the way he's been utilized at the minute. I'd probably expect John Rose to go. Conor Mahoney, if someone will take him, I imagine will go. Um, so there's probably still players ready to go out. Uh, and I'm sure players will come in. Um, the documentary is really, inter- really interesting if you're a bit of a nerd like me. So Nagel Flicks, we'll call it. He's, um, he's done two episodes, haven't he, so far about him buying Huddersfield Town Football Club. And the second one's quite interesting because it, it gives you a small insight into um, that he didn't have much time to sort of purchase the football club. Maybe they've over, I don't know, maybe they've over it slightly to make it dramatic. I'm not sure, but they've got around about 10 to 14 days or so to buy Huddersfield town before, um, before they potentially go into administration or, or there's a deadline. And it doesn't give Kevin Nagel much chance to sort of um, build a business plan, build a plan to, to put everything, you know, to get all his ducks in order. So he's essentially had to, fly by the seat of his pants, really, by the club, and then say, right, now this is what we're going to do. And and I thought that was quite good for me because you, you kind of half expect someone to come into it with an idea of, right, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to achieve it. But it's completely the opposite of that in that, right, here's a football club. Do you want it? Yes or no? You've got a couple of weeks. You've got a week to decide. It's like, uh, yes, I'll take it. Right, now what do we do? And yeah. where, I think Where is it? Yeah, so I yeah. think for me seeing that, I, I it made me it made me immediately go, oh right, okay, um, maybe all these people that are at him on social media, I don't I don't mean pause, but the other the other ones who are a bit more intense with him need to just draw back a little bit and realize that do some homework, not a, not a chance. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, they've not had a chance to really put their you know put everything in place, but the plans are coming, and, and you know they mentioned the academy as well. They're bringing the academy back. I think it might be 14 plus initially and then the year after they may go younger, which is a good move um, yeah. in my opinion because I don't like the structure that they've got at the minute. I don't mind it if they, if they before the GBE rules where they couldn't go out and purchase, you know, Diaras and Kamaras anymore. I, before that, I thought it maybe had legs, but um, they're bringing that back. So there are definitely things there and there are definitely things to listen to. If you, you know, so I do, I do suggest people watch the documentary. I know it might be a little bit, without being offensive, a bit American maybe for some people. I enjoyed it. Some people might not, um, but it's useful. And um, and the, 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 the podcast with Stephen is incredibly useful as well. Um, so I, I would say to people, you know, go and go and listen to it. It's, it's really good. And, and Kevin Nagel comes across brilliantly as well in, in the podcast with Stephen. And um, it's, it's, it's really good. And also, Cosy, Thursday night, this Thursday night, there's a Q&A uh, down at Magic Rock with Kevin Nagel and the Cowshed Loyal. If I didn't mention that, General Grievous would cast one of his murderous stares at me. So make sure you get yourself down to Magic Rock this Thursday. And if you've got a question for Kevin Nagel, go ask him. He'll answer it. it you know, he's, he's pretty engaging. Go ask him. He'll answer it. I've talked a lot there. Um, you guys jump in about what I've said. I think the thing is for me is, again, <laughs> if, we, if we win on Saturday, everyone thinks great. And it's like, it, it's always going to come down to results. People don't not bothered about having an under-14s again and stuff like that. Like you're your no, normal no. man who comes out of the Vulcan, just, you know, half two, after three or four pints, they'll just view everything and just on that image, they won't be bothered about that pan. It shouldn't be at the Vulcan, because it should be at Magic Rock. That's what, you know. I dare go in after all them Dutch <laughs> ulcers were in uh, 
couple of weeks ago on that as well. But oh, yeah, yeah. no, it's uh, that P word, patience in football. People not going to have it and that as well. And I think, uh, again, Matt, I don't think that does us any favours. Leeds being back in our division, I always think that's a big thing. If they're doing well, uh, they've we're got, not. They've got division. their parachute payments. I think people are, are big enough to realise yeah. that they've got scored on Yeah, I, I don't think really we're being overly critical about anything. I think we're just we're talking really about defensive mistakes. I think that's basically what we're, we're talking about here and the fact that they were doing all right. They start, they're away at Plymouth, a long way from home against a newly promoted side who spent, you know what I mean, a million or two themselves and brought some real pace in that they were comfortable in the game until uncharacteristic mistakes were made by people. So I don't think we I don't think we are getting too overly critical or overexcited about what's no, going on. No, I meant on. more the social media side, but no, yeah. no, no. I mean, no, no. But I'm saying us in general, and also some of the fans I've spoken to. Obviously, again, you still got the the people that are going to go over the top. But there's no there's no big you know what I mean. There's no big disaster. There's no big nightmare going on. It's just like Cosy said. Let's just get to the next couple of games and see see where we are. If this continues for four and five games. And people are throwing them in, and it's not going well. And you can see no cohesion in the side, and this, the chance creation is is disappearing, and goals aren't going in. Then yeah, we'll rip into them and say something needs to change. But as it stands, a couple of stupid goals, and it's just and and it's it's a it's a bit of a well shit show really. But you know what I mean. A, a, apart from that, you know, I mean, I think the business in the summer has been good with Edwards who's come in, the chief exec who's come in. They've both played the game as well. They both played a good amount of actual football league as well as has gone off to other clubs and done other things. I think there's a, a decent little backroom staff of team coming together. Uh, they've just got to make sure that, that the product on the pitch is, is worth watching. You know what I mean? You can put all these plans in place, like we said, and you can bring all these people in that are good and have all this cohesion behind the scenes. But like you always say, match day is the most important day of the week. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, like we were saying last week, though, Matt, it's just like, there's only probably Kamara that I'd been, you know, got to leave really the rest of the people that disappeared in, in the summer were yeah. too bothered to be able to I'd, I'd, I'd ask Matt yeah. about Bill Okapich because I, I was disappointed Bill Okapich left not for now but for two years down the line I was disappointed not not for today but for tomorrow uh, I was, I I was he, disappointed I think, by that yeah. I think he will have been as well I think he expected to just go on loan again for a little while get a contract because he is definitely someone for the future, I think he had a solid debut as well for Peter really yeah, yeah he did well as well and yeah he was definitely someone and I kept on and just kept giving him games, uh, you know, what I mean, another division for a little while and, and see where he where he goes. He might take up from Nichols. They might have got some money for him. Yeah, I did find that peculiar. And then bring in Maxwell, who who, who has been a decent keeper, and yeah, I think right. uh, David Wagner was interested in him a little while back because he's he's great with his feet and he's a good keeper. But he's not one for the future, is he? No, uh, unless Lee Nichols goes in the next few weeks, then it's the immediate future. But let's hope that doesn't. Yeah. happen or tempt that fake because that would be a little upsetting but Luton who were interested have uh, signed Kaminsky from Blackburn so I think that might have just yeah I was pleased to see that <laughs> yeah I yeah. was as well that was uh, that was uh, certainly good so um, but yeah that's that's it really with the, the two discussion points um, the last thing I've got is an away day log so what I want to do uh, is a new feature every time Huddersfield Town have an away game I want Huddersfield Town fans to do a an audio log or oh, you can do a video one if you want uh, for us about your away day travel so to set the mood I've done I've done one again uh, here in vain and I've done one uh, for Plymouth as well so I'll plug that in now and uh, let you listen to it hello everyone it's your pod host Matt here on Thursday just stopped off at the Gloucester service station 
on the way down to Plymouth and I've raided the farm shop for some reduced pies. So whatever the score this weekend, I am officially winning. So this is a new feature for this season on away days. I'd like to turn this over to you guys, the fan base, uh, for you to entertain us with your escapades as you travel away from home up and down the country. I'm sure some of you get into some scrapes, some uh, some quite amusing situations. So I'm sure it'll be far more entertaining than anything I can do, uh, but I thought I'd kick us off. Uh, so here we go. Okay, it's Friday and I'm sat on a beach in Loo and my phone is going absolutely batshit crazy because Poz and Kevin Nagel are getting into it on Twitter. I can't see any either side of this coming out particularly well, but here's one thing to cheer Poz up. Uh, I got 67 miles per gallon on the way down to Plymouth, only using half a tank. So as a fellow tight Yorkshireman, I'm sure that'll please Poz immensely and cheer him up. Right, just walking to the to the game um, in gale force winds at the minute. My hair is absolutely all over the place. Slightly concerned that my five-year-old is going to blow away in this but just seen the team not bad uh let's get into the town up oh, the town come on right charlie we're in the ground what score do you think it's going to be today um one zero. Oh, two. huddersfield who's gonna score oh, sober thomas sober thomas are you gonna do the sober thomas song yeah okay. sober thomas had a great fun <laughs> Right, just walking away after the game. Initially disappointed, to be honest. Uh, I, th- I didn't think Plymouth were any great shakes and some bad mistakes our end has, has seen us lose a game that we probably shouldn't have. Uh, time to go console ourselves on the pier, I think. Pint for me, ice cream for the boy, uh, six-hour drive home. Would I do it again? Yeah, absolutely. Up the t- Right, okay, so uh, don't crucify me too much for that away day, away day log there. But uh, seriously, I want a lot of Huddersfield fans, you know, we want your voices on here as much as ours. So anybody who fancies doing something like that, please get in touch and uh, we will sort that out Matt, with you as soon as probably possible. I, I jack in your away day log, but I put a tweet out last week. Who would have thought that Leeds United would have the lowest away prices, regardless of whether they're back down or not? They have the lowest away prices for the, for the whole of the uh, Championship weekend. They don't. Well, 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 no, for this match. But oh, for against, this weekend, against yes. Cardiff City. And, and yeah. then again, honestly, I don't, I don't know about you, I just died at Middlesbrough £32. It's like that's an area we have an name. I don't, why, why are clubs still doing it? I think they were about... Wait till you go to Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah, it's yeah, 40. I can't remember what they were. I'll, I'll get it back. I'll get, have a look at, again and shout them out. 40 like, odd. Yeah, Leeds like, is 40 odd unless they do reciprocal pricing and... Those prices are discreet. I can actually see why I, I don't stick up for Leeds United a lot. Because I Here we go. Like, yeah, Wednesday oh. was £36 for Southampton. Uh, Coventry played right. 35 at Leicester. QPR, 35 at Watford. Birmingham, 32 at Swansea. Ipswich, 32 at Sunderland. Middlesbrough, 32 at Millwall. 31 all at Norwich. 30 Preston at, at, at Bristol. And then ours, 26. West Brom, 25 at Blackburn. 25 at Stoke for Rotherham. And 21 at Cardiff for Leeds. But what, £36, £35? What? In this division, bloody hell, man! Why no, can't I'll, clubs just get the brains together, man? And just and then you can yeah. see these stupid Facebook away day things like there's about 150, 300 Millwall somewhere or 400 Huddersfield on a yeah, like, that does make hang it. Hang on a minute, people are struggling to feed the families. What? Yeah, oh, yeah. Thick, yeah. Man. I, I just don't get it. It's so I was going to say, cause I don't, I don't stick up for Leeds a lot, but 
I can see what they've done here because Leeds United fans tend to get ripped off a little bit when they go away from home because they have that large following, don't they? So people have in the past taken advantage of that and, you know, charged them the the A-star platinum pricing, whatever they do. And Leeds United, they have gone, do you know what? If you're going to rip us off, we're going to rip you off. And, you know, fair play to them, I think. And the the Southampton, there's took about, must have been three or 4,000 there at Hillsborough on Friday night, getting up at that time. And it's with fans that, I think that's half of the problem, isn't it? People will just pay whatever. It's just like, yeah. what is going on? Yeah. Oh, They're quite, oh. quite giddy like Burnley. I think that's the thing when you come down from the Premier League and your team's decent. Well, no, unfortunately yeah. ours wasn't. But all of a sudden you're like, we're going to win some games here. This is quite exciting. Yeah. Burnley Burnley yeah. fans yeah. were so excited last season, weren't they, about winning games? Right, and, so. Yeah, and, and playing football. They absolutely had the time of their lives, didn't they? Whereas I think Southampton are probably thinking that, you know, this year might be might be their, uh, might be their year to enjoy at South, uh, the, the uh, you know championship both. I watched that Leicester game on yesterday and that one on Friday night. It's like there were a massive gulf between the two sides. Southampton possession and everything, but Wednesday nearly got a draw out of that. And and if you look at the two teams, they had no right. And now kind of the first seventy five minutes did. And yesterday Leicester, to be fair, turned it around late. Bit of quality from Jusbiel, but in Coventry, obviously they they play a final outbreak last year. But that's the beauty of this division, isn't it? You don't. It's like Saturday Leicester. We're not doing a preview, but. There's not been many that'll be putting a other time to get anything out of that game, but you just I did. Don't know, I've, do you? I've I've already done the preview show with Brady. This is trade secrecy, but I did the preview show with Brady and Tom early, and I have predicted Huddersfield to beat Leicester two one. It was a it was oh, a brave yeah. one. It just I just I don't know. I fancied I fancied Huddersfield to lose against Plymouth and beat Leicester for the last few weeks. I don't know why. I just I just fancy us to shock them. Um, it's based on absolutely no sense, no reasoning, no that's analytics. Football. It's yeah. based on nothing but blind faith and hope in my football team, and that's it. Um, and it's just—I just think sometimes with with teams coming down from the Premier League, the best t- best time to get them is right away at the start at your place. Um, and that's the—and I just think maybe it's the best time to play Leicester. If they murder us, that's fine. It's probably it's still the best time to play them. I think. Um, my mum uh, sent me a text on on Sunday morning. She'd read an article about. Sunderland Ipswich and they were doing obviously a big thing with Marcus Stewart and Morton Urundis he's obviously played for both teams and they're a bit upset by it and I really hope that Kevin Nagel and, and I think someone tweeted about something but it's it's heartbreaking isn't it to see this and I really hope that we others will do something in you know to show our support obviously I don't know how much the Rhinos the stuff they've done for Rob Burrow is incredible mate and yeah. it's like you galvanise the city we really should be you know supporting this guy and such a cruel disease but that that was, I mean, Ipswich again, unbelievable. Yes, this, they look a team them, don't they? But I just thought, that's where I love football. I know we're supported there with the prices, but that's where the, when the community comes together, you know, and supports, you know, kind of one of their own. So I'm really hoping we're going to do something for, uh, for Stu, and I'm sure we will. Yeah, and keep an eye on the podcast. We're going to try and do something at some point. We've just got to formulate it uh, together first. Me and Brady and Tom have had a quick chat about some stuff, but keep your eyes peeled for that. UPR um, look uh, in a mess. Mark, do you fancy a new job there when Ainsworth goes or what? <laughs> I do. Well, I, I, when, when we do our predictions on the league, you'll see where I put QPR. So, yeah, I, I don't mind Ainsworth. I quite like him. I think he's a decent character, but yeah. that is not, it's not happening. It's not happening from there. Last season no. was a disaster. I know, that's a deal. No, I'm in a uh, championship chat group with other content creators and stuff, and it's quite interesting to see them talk about QPR and how uh, Ainsworth, I almost called him Lionel Ainsworth, and how Gareth Ainsworth um, 
at Wickham had a number of big characters that he depended on, you know, like your likes of Akin Fenwick, et cetera. And the, the QPR mm-hmm. fan was saying, we don't have any characters like that here, which is why they're struggling. And that's, that was quite interesting. So, you know, maybe he needs a couple of those big ones. Uh, Neil Warnock said the same thing when he came to us as well. Maybe big characters, the likes of, you know, John Terry and, and the likes of Matt Glennon don't exist anymore, you know, as much, you know, in terms of football teams, because they all seem to be quite nice boys a lot of the time these days. Maybe well, that's yeah, when you get older. It's getting less and less because people don't talk. They'll send you if, if they could if they could do a text message or a Snapchat on the pitch. I think they would at times yeah. if they could all carry the phones. And yeah, it, it's the big, the big characters, the big ta- the big tackles, the big challenges, the the uh, puffing the chest out and getting stuck in and, and playing injured as well. It's it is going it is going down and down and down. Unfortunately, it's going to be a different game over the next next few years. Yeah, the big area ass bloody centre halves and things like that. Now they're all footballers. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's 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 very different now, and even you know what I mean. You like like your John Terry's you're talking about there. They were phenomenal players as well as great leaders, and they just I don't know. The place is very quiet. I noticed it during COVID when we were in the, we were in the stadiums, obviously all, all the time with no fans, and it was quiet. It was so quiet on the pitch. Thinking where who's talking? Where are the leaders? Who's shouting and screaming? And there was there was nothing. There was nothing mm. quiet. Quiet as a mouse when and when there's only. 22 players on the pitch and then another 50 people in the stadium you really hear everything and yeah it was shocking the silence yeah maybe that's something the academies need to look at maybe it's something our academy will look at is creating leaders that'll be interesting anger management it? on the other way around yeah so you get <laughs> more angry that's what, that, exactly, that's what you, yeah. need. you need reverse, reverse anger management, management. Yeah. Yeah, that way, I've not heard what you say what, what would be a good season in your eyes for town at the end of it just, just as, as shape of a club and where we'd finish obviously not relegate what what would you like to the ending, really? For I'd like, I'd like with with six to eight games to go, with an outside chance of nicking into a six. That's what I, that's what I'd say right now. If they don't bring anyone else in, it'd be ten, and that that that'd be it. Because I do think that I do think there's good players in that squad. I've said it all along. I just want to make sure Warnock doesn't lose interest. You know what I mean? He he stays as enthusiastic as he was last season because it's a very different contrast from being a firefighter back against the wall. Everyone wants us to lose. To start in the new season with a bit of expectation on a man that's won so many promotions. So I want the, the interest to stay high. I want the fans' interest to stay high, and ju- and just let these players actually show us what they what they can do a little bit more, and just see if they are any good or are we are we just banging our head against the wall and thinking you know I mean your Cromas and your Thomases and Radonis aren't maybe as strong as we thought they were. I I want. I want to see them kick on this year. They had a tough year last year, mentally and physically, with obviously the the change in management, uh, having a man that was absolutely clueless in charge who couldn't even put a training session on. To, you know what I mean? To them having Neil Warnock coming in. So there's a lot of contrast, a lot of learning. And I just want to see that learning come through. I want to see these players taking a bit of responsibility and thinking, yeah, you know what? I am a player. We did achieve last year and I want to kick on with Huddersfield Town or... I want to move on somewhere else, but if you don't do it on the pitch, Brodersfield Town, you ain't going nowhere. Yeah, I think that's the thing you like with summary, don't really. We played well, I thought, on Saturday, but just mistakes killed us. So, one as if, because a lot of people at work, they say, oh, did, were you poor on Saturday? says, no, we won. It's like yeah. that, you know, so that gives me a lot of heart, but I, I love, like, the David Goliath job on Saturday, did the budget, the Leicester will be buzzing, and I love that kind of set up me. That, that's one I think Neil Warner does, yeah. That's why I yeah. think we might get something. I just, it's just yeah. that, it's just that feeling, you know, whereby yeah. they're, they're they're this big, 
a big club coming in, a bit of a swagger, and Neil Warnock's this kind of manager, and his teams like to just get in amongst you and give you a bloody nose. Well, like Sheffield United last year, like when yeah. Borough yeah. were flying. Yeah, Sheffield exactly. United, there was yeah, there was there were some big upsets last year, so there was yeah. Let's hope they can do it again. It's yeah, tough yeah. though. Leicester, Leicester seem a Leicester seem a club just. I don't know. They just get about the business, don't they? They don't. There's no big fanfare. There's no big this, that, everything else. They just seem to be right. We've been relegated. Let's get ourselves back up there again. So it's they're not coming with that arrogance. I don't think. I think the swag is a good word, but I don't think there's any arrogance coming with Leicester. So I think it's it's quite a tough animal to to beat because I think they'll go about the job and I think they'll go about it quite well this year. I think we've got a, I think we've got a bad record against them, haven't we, Leicester? I, can't, I remember they were giving us some pace. New Year's Day, New Year's Day in the Prem wasn't oh, great. Six, yeah. I remember them being a six-one with Chris Wood played for them, didn't he? And yeah, that was I remember that our place though. Mary Wallace remember, chased yeah. him. I remember that season when. Uh, I think Keegan Park has got at their place, but I think Dyer's oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. got for Leicester. Yeah. I remember Vardy sliding on his knees in front of Cal said Loyal in the big. Yeah. Honestly, I don't. One for the you know, the only times when I saw Lillis, that was the time when he took his team down there in Cup and we beat him. But apart from that, it's been, yeah, it'd be a good time to turn that around on Saturday. Mm. Uh, right. I think that's all we've got time for this week, isn't it? Unless you've got anything else you want to bring up, Mr. Kosmala? No, the pies are £4.50. That, did you notice the price list? Uh, come out yesterday so Matt I know you'll get your freebies in the uh, the VIP media room but well, if, I, if I can get past if I can get past Mel Booth then I do yeah Mel's a bit quick, Mel's a bit quicker than me these days still got it as Mel still got yeah, the show I'll still, still be buying thing. one hey come on <laughs> right nice one thanks a lot guys and uh, we'll be back uh, next week There's a team that is dear to its followers The colours are bright, blue and white They're a team of renown They're the pride of the town And the game of football is their delight And all while upon the field of play Thousands loudly cheer them on the way Often you can hear them say Who can beat the town today? And then the bells will ring so merrily Every goal shall be a memory So town play up And bring that cup Back to Huddersfield So town play up And bring the cup Back to Huddersfield Lads, what's your favourite 90th minute goal?
got to be Heffley against Leeds. A shot from Moy and sliding in at the death, Michael Heffley. Great finish to the game. Shared with my family, only made better by ordering McDonald's via McDelivery afterwards. Three points, not nugget share box, spot on. Order McDelivery now by the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.